love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. This is a true Canadian love story. We were meant to be together. I can't imagine my life without you. Honestly, he's a light of my life. It's nice to be in that tractor beam of love. I'm her biggest fan. I think I knew I'd lost my heart again. I knew I wanted a marriage like that. Difficult roads can lead to very beautiful destinations. Well, love is the most important thing. And I remember before I went on the airplane coming back to Nigeria when I was talking to Ty and he wanted to come to the airport and I said, don't come. He said, I promise I will bring you back. Don't worry. I promise you I will bring you back. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Today's love story belongs to Tyrell and Gold from the Yukon. There's a rich history in the Yukon of prospectors searching for gold, but the treasure this couple found was love. They had to fight for it, though, and eventually their resilience earned them their happily ever after. This is the Canadian Love Map. Okay, Gold and Tyrell, I am so happy to welcome you to the Canadian Love Map. Thank you. I have to tell you, I've had a bit of an issue today because I can't get Neil Young's Heart of Gold out of my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been searching for a heart of gold. Yeah. Tyrell, is that your theme song or what? Well, since I met her, sure. <laughs> I like that song before, so. <laughs> it sounds like you've been mining for a heart of gold for a while. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you don't mind. Before we get to how you two met, I'd like to know a little bit of each of your personal history. So so tell me your story. Gold, you first. I'm from Nigeria, West Africa, and I'm the first child and only daughter of uh, my family. I have two younger brothers. We're a family of five. So my, my dad, my mom, my younger brothers, and myself. I lived in Nigeria for about 20 years since I was born <laughs> till I turned 20 and then moved to, to Canada. And what brought you to Canada? Uh, school. I came for school. Why Canada, Gold? Because I have family here um, in the Yukon and I finished high school and was going into the university, but the way the system works there, it's very different. You have to take the university exam. Every year they have um, say 100 students that they take in each university. So if you don't get that into that cutoff of 100, then you have to stay and take the exam again. So um, I did that twice. And my dad was like, you know what? You have an auntie who will talk about this and you probably would go to Canada and just go to school. So my auntie did everything and then I got here. Immediately, it seems to me, not only is it a long way geographically from Nigeria to the Yukon, but the climate is quite different. Was that a shock to your system? 
Um, in not too much. I've always like in Nigeria. Nigeria is really hot, which you'd have like plus thirty six, plus forty sometimes. Um, mm. but it's really humid and nice. But I've always liked the cold weather. So every time it would rain back home, I would just be so excited because I liked the cold. And when I came here, it was nice. It was cold, but it was a different kind of cold um, that I've never experienced before. And I, of course, I've never seen snow before. But when I arrived, um, it snowed on my birthday. Um, so oh. when I woke up that morning, day of my birthday in the morning, I looked out the window and it was all white. And I was like, oh, my God, what? what is this? And I ran outside without shoes and just touching the snow. And my auntie was just there laughing and it was just so beautiful. And it wasn't too much of a shock. It was kind of like balanced shock for me. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. Ty, what about you? Tell us your story. I was born and raised in the Yukon um, from the little Carmax a little salmon, Carmax First Nation, which is uh, about 180 kilometers north of Whitehorse, little town. And uh, yeah, I just grew up here my whole life. I went out of territory for a little bit, went to school here, um, just, you know, went to fish camps when I was younger with my grandparents and family. We'd all go out there, we'd catch salmon and dry fish and get a moose, we'd do that. Um, it's just been a, been a nice life up here. You know, do you love where you live? Oh, yeah, it's, it's isolated. But at the same time, it's it's nice. I don't really want to be anywhere else. You know, it's, I like visiting other places, but Yukon's definitely my home. Well, I bet that you're glad you decided to go to Yukon University. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the only show in town. So, <laughs> but, but you could have gone away somewhere. But you because yeah. you were there, what auspicious thing happened in your life? I'm at gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, it was like an elective course. So I didn't even have to take the course either. And I just, I, I wanted to, and there we found each other. Yes. I want, I want to hear about that finding of each other from gold's perspective. Gold, tell me about that first meeting and, and, and how you came to be dating. <laughs> um, so, it was um, in January of 2012. It was the um, environmental science class. And we were all sitting down and the instructor was like, we're still waiting for a few people or something like that. And um, we were just waiting. And then Ty showed up just standing at the door, tall, skinny. He's not so skinny anymore. <laughs> I think I fed him too much. <laughs> Um, tall, skinny, and he was just standing there, lost. Um, and I was like, oh my God, he, he, it was like love at first sight. I was like, he's so handsome. He was like, is this the environmental science class? And I was like, yeah. And he sat across from me and I don't think I heard anything else that the instructor was saying that day. Cause I was just <laughs> staring at him. <laughs> and I would just laugh at anything that he would say, even though I didn't know if it made sense or not. 
I would just laugh <laughs> at whatever he was saying. And um, after that day, I went to go find my best friend, my best friend, Kimberly, Kimberly Perez. So I went off to go find her because she was taking other courses in the university. So I went to the break room and I was like, you need to come with me. I, I found this guy. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, it's just amazing. And we were running down the hallway like two crazy high school girls just running, like trying to go see this guy. And funny thing is he knew we were we were behind him and we we're like giggling away and just, you know, and he was just walking quietly like he knew nothing. And he went to the cafeteria. Uh, my friend was like, who, who's that? Who's the person? So I tried pointing and she slapped my hand. She was like, don't point. Just, just use your mouth or something or use your eye to show me. And he turned around and saw us. And I think he did a little smile or something. I don't know, but it was just so weird. And she was like, oh my God, gold, we need to go back. And it was just so funny. It was <laughs> cute. I see you as little girls in, in grade seven, <laughs> but you were yeah. in university, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just so funny. And so, yeah. And I was telling her prior to that before January, I was like, I was like, how come there are not any good looking guys in this university? Like I've always watched movies back home and there's like a bunch of cute guys and pretty girls in the universities. Like, why are there no cute guys in this university? And there he came along. <laughs> and then he arrived. Yeah. Ty, tell me your first impression of uh, Gold. A lot of laughing. <laughs> no, she was, uh, I'd ask a question and she'd be laughing. So, no, it's pretty obvious that she was enjoying my, my company. Yeah, I wasn't... Um, wasn't really looking for anything at that point, you know. I wasn't wasn't too interested in, in trying to find anyone or anything. So I was just I was happy minding my own business. But I definitely noticed gold and when uh she was running around the campus looking for me <laughs> until one day I just I asked her to come hang out with me. Yeah, it all started from there. So, but before that, I think Gold had to do a little uh, subversive <laughs> sleuthing. Isn't mm -hmm. that right? How would you describe yeah. that, Gold? Um, so I had to open a, an email account pretending to be my best friend, Kimberly. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so I sent him an email because everyone in class kind of has everyone's email because you have to like, sometimes you have to like do group work and you have to send emails to each other and blah, blah, blah. So I took his email from there and sent him a message, an email. I said, I'm Kimberly, I'm Gold's best friend. And I wanted to let you know that she really likes you. And I need to know if you like her too. And he replied, he was like, yeah, um, she's in my class and um, I like her, but um, I don't like, he, I think he said he didn't know how to approach me or approach the situation or something like that. I can't really remember now. But after that, uh, and then she, I said, okay, um, I will let Gold know. And then I found him on Facebook and messaged him as me, my, myself. 
And this was a few days before Valentine's Day. And then we talked a lot on Facebook and like a lot, long, long time on Facebook. We're like talking for hours. And we came the day that was Valentine's Day and he brought me a card and chocolate uh, for Valentine's Day. And we were going to catch the bus and we were leaving. His cousin Blaine was like, oh, who's that girl with you? And he was like, that's my girlfriend. And I was like, I turned around. I was like, what? I was like, oh, I guess I'm his girlfriend now. So (laughs) that's how we started dating. He just kind of, I, I think of the expression, it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. He kind of staked his claim. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Okay. I love the fact it was around Valentine's Day too. That's so mm-hmm. perfect. And it sounds like it should have just been happily ever after. But it, it um, from what I've, from what I understand, it wasn't uncomplicated moving forward your, with your relationship. Yeah, it, it was super complicated. So we started dating and um, I was living with my auntie and I didn't tell anyone because I was like worried and scared. And I'm like, because coming from an African home, it's like, you know, it's very strict, strict home. Even if you're 30 and you have a boyfriend, it's still like, okay, you're still skeptical about how you're going to introduce the situation or how you're going to introduce that you have a boyfriend at at 30, even if you're 30. But I was 21. And so we kept, we were dating. We didn't tell anybody. And I think my auntie found out about it. And she was so upset. And um, my cousin... Uh, my younger cousin, she's not younger, but she's like a few months older than I was, um, was like, okay, how is he? Blah, blah, blah. So I was telling her about him and my auntie said, you need to stop seeing him. So I said, okay. So I went to Ty and I said, my auntie said to stop seeing you. And he was like, do we want to break up? And I was like, "Mm, no, I don't know. But then, so we continued, we didn't break up, we continued, and then she found out again, and she got super angry, and I had to bring some of my, they're not family, but they're kind of like, they're also Nigerians that we knew in the Yukon that would come visit my auntie and visit us as well, so they had to come plead on my behalf. And that I wouldn't, yeah, that I wouldn't do it again. Was it the fact that it was a cross-cultural relationship that they were upset about? Or what was the, what was the big hurdle? Um, I really don't know. Probably being the fact that I just got there and I started dating somebody or maybe because he wasn't part of our culture or they wanted something different. Um, Yeah. But then I didn't really know but then I think I also caused the problem too because I lied about it that I broke up with him even if I even though I didn't and then she found out the Mm -hmm. third time which was the worst because she got so angry and 
took my passport, took my laptop, took my iPods, um, took every electronic that I could communicate with and put it in her bedroom. How old were you at the time, Gold? I was 23. Okay. Yeah, I was 23. And um, so she took everything and called my mom and dad and told them that um, she was sending me back home because I wasn't listening to her and I lied about the relationship, even though she asked me to break it off and all that. And my dad was like so disappointed. And this was during Christmas. And we had Christmas, like it was normal. She bought me gifts and everything. And January 13th, no, January 12th, she told me to pack my bags and pack everything that I had. And I was leaving the next morning, which was January 13th. Oh my gosh. So she told me I was leaving on January 12th and I, I should pack my things and I was leaving the next morning. So I packed everything um, and then I left. She flew down with me to Vancouver, probably to make sure that I didn't come back after she left me at the airport or something. But she flew with me to Vancouver and made sure I got on the airplane that was flying to Nigeria. Okay, let me pause you there for a quick sec <laughs> and leave people in suspense <laughs> while I bounce back to Ty and say, Ty, what was your reaction to all of this? Well, it's kind of culture shock in a way because you know people are, are less involved over here in other people's relationships. We don't do any sort of arranged marriages or anything like that, right? So I could understand on one side of it, but on another side, it felt pretty unfair even after we we met with her auntie too that all this happened and we talked to her and but she she didn't want any of it and I wanted to to go down to the airport and and see her off but Cole told me not to come told me not to go down and do that yeah it was unceremonious and uh, it really felt like things were being ripped up from underneath me and it was just not not a good place to be. Mm-hmm. How did you feel knowing that she was leaving the country to go back to Nigeria? Felt responsible for it happening, but also responsible for getting her back. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. Okay, so Gold, you can pick up again on your end. I felt like I was just shipped and sent back home. Um, Mm -hmm. So my mom was really sweet and she would like comfort me. Like I would cry every day, not because of, I wasn't in Canada, but because I felt like I was a disappointment to the family and they had so much hope on me because I'm the first child and there was so much responsibility on me, but I I would cry every day because I, I thought, you know, I let down my family. I disappointed them. 
And my mom would get so mad at me. She's like, stop crying. What are you crying for? You will go back. Don't stress yourself. Don't worry about it. Just spend time with your family. And when it's time for you to go back, you go back. Stop stressing. And I could hear my dad at night because I was, I was really jet lagged. So I, I won't sleep at night, but I'll sleep in the day. And I would, I would be up and I would hear my dad, you know, talking to my mom so disappointed and heartbroken and you could hear them talk and my mom was always like it's okay everything will be fine and he's like no she's I don't know why she went and did this and you know and look at her now but then my dad would come out in the morning and try to be sweet and act like nothing happened and um and it was only my mom who actually um asked me what happened my side of the story because she was like I want to know what happened so I told her everything and I was like I'm also at fault because I disobeyed my auntie and I lied about it and this is I guess the consequences of what happened but then at the same time my mom was like it would have been nice like I understand your auntie and I understand you and it would have been nice if, because I, you were working, if she had said, okay, take your things and leave my house. Go find your own place to stay if you're going to be under my roof and not listen to me. But mm-hmm. packaging me and sending me all the way back to Nigeria was probably not the right thing to do, but it's done and there's nothing that could be done about it. So that's what your mom said? Yeah, that's what my mom said. At that time, wow. Um, she said it would have mm-hmm. been better if she had told me to go find somewhere else to live, because at that time I was working and I was earning money so I could pay for rent and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you tell your mother that you loved Thai? Yes. And do you think that had an impact? Uh, probably, because she never met him, but she really liked him. Like every time I would tell her things about him and he would call me and message me and you know she just liked him she was like you know what if you guys are going to be together you will be together you will go back and because I would always be like crying and like I I need to go back and she's like you go back and I remember my auntie telling me if I did come back to Canada, not to come to the Yukon, that I could go somewhere else and not come to the Yukon. Yeah, I, I remember that very clearly. And I told my mom and she said, well, go somewhere else, go to Vancouver, go to Toronto, go somewhere else. I was like, no, I'm going back to the Yukon because many of the people I know who could be of help to me, are in the Yukon and Ty is in the Yukon. So I'm going back to the Yukon. And she was like, you're very stubborn. You never listen. Okay, fine. Do what you have to do. And I said, yeah, I'm going, when I'm ready, I'm going back to the Yukon. And I remember before I went on the airplane coming back to Nigeria, when I was talking to Ty and he wanted to come to the airport and I said, don't come. He said, I promise I will bring you back. Don't worry. I promise you, I will bring you back. So um, I stayed um, about five months back home and I was, and I still had my papers my, my work permit and study permit were still valid. So I could come back whenever, but my passport was expired. So I had to go renew my passport and I went with my mom. And as I was planning on coming back, 
um, she passed away. Oh no. So, but before then my, my dad finally asked me my side of the story and I explained everything to him and he got even more furious because he was like, she, your, your auntie could have just let you, you know, go somewhere else or move out. And, you know, yeah, things were done in a very harsh way or something like that. I can't remember what he said, but he was not happy after hearing my side of the story. The good news was he was annoyed with your aunt and not with you then. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he, so he, for the longest time, for the, for the months, he was very upset with me. But then he found out about the story and then he wasn't too happy with my auntie. And, um, yeah, so as time was going on, I was getting ready and then my mom passed away and everything changed. Um, Mm -hmm. so I had to take on a lot of responsibility, um, uh, trying to be the sister, um, to my younger brothers, auntie, to my two cousins that was living with us. I had to be, um, a mom to everybody and I had to be kind of like my dad's wife to like try to console him and you know be the glue that was holding everybody because yeah it it wasn't easy (laughs) and and I felt um I was very very depressed like really depressed I also had to run my mom's business so there was a lot of me everywhere and didn't have time for myself. And you weren't able to express or really process your grief, obviously, yes. because it sounds like you were so busy. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't, I know when I heard she passed and I saw her, I, what I could remember is just screaming constantly and, I could remember me screaming and and just everyone holding me and they were like, you need to hold her because um, she might pass out or something because I was just screaming. And then at some point after we had her funeral and stuff, I felt like it was my fault that she passed because maybe if I didn't, if I had listened to my auntie, and I wasn't shipped back home. Maybe she wouldn't have maybe passed away because of me or something. I felt like she was so heartbroken and then she passed. And Ty was always there. Even though he wasn't there physically, he was. He'd call me every day. Um, he'd send me money. He was just there. You know, I'd find strength in that. I was there for 22 months. I was back home for 22 months. Um, almost two years. And I, I mm-hmm. told Ty, I was like, I need to get out of here. I can't. I can't stay here. It's too depressing. I need a change. I, and so he started working hard to get me back here. <laughs> he did everything. He paid my school fees to come back and administration fees, everything that needed to be done. I came back uh, November 2015, the 22nd. 
Ty, it sounds like you threw her a life preserver all the way from the Yukon to Nigeria. Yeah, I, I would say so. You know, talking with her every day, you know, on the phone or just um, texting, messaging, and helping out wherever I could when I could. Um, you know, I was I was working at a camp too, so I was back and forth. And you know, during that time too, I, I lost my grandpa and one of my cousins. So there was there was upheaval on this side too. Um, it was easier knowing that I had I had gold, even though she wasn't she wasn't really here here. It just there was a comfort. I spent some time with my grandpa. I lived with him for a while just to help him out in his old age. So it wasn't it wasn't really easy losing him. It just made me more determined to. To bring her back to did you did you both have a sense that your relationship was meant to be well kind of sort of like she's her birthday is october 9th mine's july 9th you know she's the only girl in her family the oldest and i'm the youngest and the only boy <laughs> so it's kind of like you know there's these things that just weird things that were lining up definitely a shock to go through all of that, you know, just because things seem to line up doesn't mean that it's going to happen the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have this image as uh, of you two as twin flames, but <laughs> being held apart for a long time. And I am curious to know about, I, I think it's actually beautiful that you survived all of that because you know I do think that as a couple you go through really hard things it either tears you apart or melds you closer mm-hmm. yeah and did you feel that you had a stronger relationship when you finally got back together because of having gone all through that yeah, yeah. i would say so after being away from each other for so long but you know we were still sharing our our thoughts and feelings with each other it wasn't easy though, you know, the long distance. Yeah, it was really hard. <laughs> so tell me about the 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 joyful part now about when you got back together and how that progressed to an engagement. Thai is not a tradition kind of like a traditional how you go down on one knee and propose kind of person. He he just does his thing. So that he didn't really propose, um, but I got um, rings, pretty different rings. <laughs> um, yeah. But he never really proposed and, and was like, oh, um, would you marry me or anything like that? I didn't get that, um, which was sad, but I knew who he was, that he's not that kind of a person. He doesn't have time for all that. Um, mushy. Uh, like, <laughs> even before then, I didn't really believe in marriage yeah. or anything. I, the way I seen it, like a lot of people I knew who got married got divorced, but my mm-hmm. parents who are unmarried, they're still around. Yeah, they're still together for like over forty years now, right? Yeah. So to me, it was never really. It was never a big deal. It's like having kids seals your fate with that person more than getting married does. No, I'm I'm not a I'm not a traditional kind of 
um, mushy romantic, romantic. <laughs> yeah, mushy romantic kind of guy. I just so like all this marriage and bride price stuff is like it's like whatever you know. It's just <laughs> just things to complicate. So it took a while actually before we got married. We lived together for like five years, six six years, six years, yeah. and then we finally I was like, well. She's been putting up with my BS for long enough. I may as well, you know, she's she's been talking about marriage and all that. And she wants to get married. So for her, I'll get married. That's awesome. Ty, what I what I see when you when you're talking about that is that remember when you first met and you said she's my girlfriend and she was like, What? And now <laughs> fast forward and she goes, Okay, you're my husband. <laughs> Whether you whether you really want to be or not, she insisted on us calling each other husband and wife too. So, and then finally, we just we decided, say, okay, let's set up a date and let's let's have this thing. Yeah, which was on our ninth year being together on our ninth year anniversary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we were talking. We were on the bed talking, and he was like. Okay, let's do it. And I was like, seriously? He was like, yeah. I was like, are you sure? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, really? He was like, yeah. There and then I started like looking for what cake I wanted. And I was just so excited. And I was like, oh my God. And then I wanted to do it before I turned 30, which is before October 9, because I think my birthday was in a few in a few weeks. And then Ty said, no, let's do it on Valentine's Day um, because it's easy. It's one date and it's easy to remember because he knew he'd be in trouble if he forgets. <laughs> he was so smart. <laughs> so I said, you know what? That's perfect, actually. Can I ask, were, were either, so you come from different cultures. Were either or both of your cultures represented? Yeah, I wore a traditional vest. It wasn't too much in my way of, of, of making it very traditional. And, you know, we, we try to keep it, um, keep our cultures represented as best we could. But mm -hmm. uh, mainly it was just getting the setting done. And we kept it more, um, more Yukon themed than anything. Yeah. You know, it was like colors for the Aurora Borealis or something. And mm -hmm. uh, I designed the card. And the invitation card, because I wanted it to be part of the Yukon and kind of part of his culture, too, in a way. So I I was like, you know what? I'm going to design the wedding card. And I went on my computer and designed it. And I was like, how do you feel about this? And he was like, it's perfect. I love it. So I, I printed it out and I got so, um, a lady to make our cake, which was the same um, Aurora Borealis theme. The decor was um, blue and gold, but we finished the morning and then had to go and undress and set up the venue for the reception. And I had all my wonderful friends helping me set it up. And I was there to like be like, okay, this is where I want this. And this is where I want this. And, they just listened to me and set up everything and the drink placements and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, it's time for us to go home and go change and come back into 
um, uh, clothes, uh, reception clothes. So I, that's when I wore my outfit from back home and he still had his vest that was made, um, his traditional vest with his crow. Um, yes, moose leather and uh, yeah, beading. And- it, it was beaded by his cousins and um sisters his, oh. yeah his sister his cousins they all made that vest for him which was pretty special and he had his um slippers which was also made from moose yeah moose, moose hide and lots of detailed beading on there so we kind of had our culture uh, values into our outfits and it was it was beautiful yeah Oh my goodness, it sounds beautiful. We have to get a picture of that for our social media to promote the podcast for sure. I could talk to you. I'm so interested in your story and I'm so appreciative that you've been willing to tell us today. But I want to wrap up with a final question and that is to each of you, what is it you love most about one another? And I'm going to give you the choice who goes first. You go first. <laughs> um, it's really stable and um, it's reliable. And I know she loves me. And I love her. We're not always like I work out of town and all that, so that's still a bit of a long distance issue. But she's always the first thing on my mind, and the I know she she can be relied upon. What about you, Gold? What do you love most about him? Um, I love that he always has my back. <laughs> even though when I'm acting crazy and like being all over the place, he'd always, he'll be there. He would always have my back. He would support me. And even though he doesn't show it too much, like he is there, but I know he's there just like being reliable. Like I could count on him that if something would happen, he will be there. Like I said, he's not the traditional type. Like sometimes I'd have to be like, why can't you be romantic for mm-hmm. once? You know, he's not, <laughs> he's not the traditional person, you know, and he's pretty quiet and I'm crazy. So there's a balance. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but he's, he's amazing. And we have, we don't see eye to eye sometimes, but we, Make it work. (laughs) Well, it seems to me that he made a great romantic gesture by agreeing to come and talk to us today with you. So (laughs) yeah, I want to say yeah, Yeah, it's out of my ordinary. Yeah, it -hmm. took a lot of pushing. I'm like, you need to do it. You you have to do it. And he's like, do I really have to? I was like, you have to do it. I'm grateful. (laughs) I'm grateful too. I want to say thank you to you both. And Ty, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, thank you for for, um, showing your love for gold by stepping out of your comfort zone and doing this for us today. I really appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Thank you. It was fun being here. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. And if you want to help us spread the love even more, rate and review our podcast. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.
This has been a Podstarter production. production.